Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. everybody welcome back to film code my name is phoenix cloudin and we got the the crew back together once again early in the morning everybody's still rubbing the crust out of their eyes i'm drinking orange juice to stay alive and <laughs> we are of course welcomed back by mr zach sneef zach how are you sir uh i'm doing fantastic it's been kind of a long week for me uh i'm excited it's a weekend again so yeah <laughs> Excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. And of course, joined by the great season three code breaking champion himself, Sir Brandon. How are you, sir? Man, I am good, Phoenix. Uh, it's good to be talking movies again. Uh, it feels like we, it's funny because we, we, did, we did a late week recording um, on our last episode, of, so it feels like we just recorded and did a, a code <laughs> word and all that. So, um, and here we are again. So it's good to be back. Uh, I am so excited to dive into this movie with you guys. Um, I've wanted to talk about this for so long. So now that we're finally doing it, I am super pumped. How are you doing, Phoenix? I am sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) But on top of that, I'm also very excited because I've loved this movie ever since I saw it. Um, It is... It is one that I've I've been wanting to talk about on this show for a long time, so very, very happy we get to break it down. And of course, if you clicked on this episode, you know we are talking about Whitlash. Uh, Damien Chazelle's, was this his debut film? I believe it was. Yes, um, yes it was. Debut feature film, yeah. Um, Whitlash starring J.K. Simmons, um, Miles Teller, uh... A bunch of other people whose names are leaving me right now. But <laughs> those are the main main two cast members. Melissa and, Benoist. Yes. Melissa Benoist. Ooh, yes. Totally forgot about her. She's fantastic. Um, and, and this movie is about a kid who's really interested in becoming a, a professional drummer, professional musician. He joins a band uh, in his college and his instructor is one of the most talented, but also one of the most ruthless <laughs> people he's ever come across. And that is who J.K. Simmons plays. Uh, this movie was uh, came out in 2014. Uh, and uh, it got J.K. Simmons his uh, first Oscar win, I believe. Uh, so, yeah. And it also came with one of the best Oscar-winning speeches. Yeah, he had a great speech. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, this was your first time seeing Whiplash. What did you think of this movie? Yeah, no, I mean, I really don't have uh, anything bad to say. I loved everything about it. I loved the music. Um, I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um, My only uh issue with it is i felt like there could have been more expansion on the story as to like what happens Mm. after Mm. which is kind of where i felt like wanting more Mm. 
So not that it was bad. It's just I wanted more of it. <laughs> it was great. So that's kind of where I was uh, watching the movie. Is like when it ended, I was like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> I want to know what happens. Right. So I don't. I really don't have anything bad to say besides that. I just wish like they kind of would have given you a little insight into like maybe, you know, a little bit of what happened after that moment. Mm. So at the end of the film. It's so interesting that you say that because I consider this probably one of my top 10 favorite movie endings ever. Because, it, yeah, it's just I, I, it's so good. Yeah. I feel I'm like, not, one, I, feel like not, I feel like, I feel like once, not, sorry, go ahead. I'm not saying it's not good. My, I'm, I don't have an issue with. I just I want more. <laughs> like, I'm not saying the ending's not good. I'm not saying right. it's not great. It is great. I I love the ending, and it is a great ending. It's yeah. just I want more. <laughs> he wants whiplash to even bigger, even bigger lashes. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> maybe if they gave me that, maybe I would feel a little like I would feel the satisfaction I'm like looking for. <laughs> Because, like, I just want it built up so much, and I was like, when it ended, I was like, no, <laughs> like, I want to know what happens nice. after this moment. So, I, I feel like once Phoenix and I kind of ex- explain the ending more, I think you'll be more content with it. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> okay, so, uh, for me, you know me, I, I it's on my top 10 of all time. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I really wish I got a chance to see this in theaters um, because I ended up not knowing about this film until after it came out because little young me wasn't really a big movie guy back then. Um, we we rented it from a red box and watched it um, at my house and I'm like, oh my God, this is like such a good movie. And then the more I, more I rewatch it over and over and over, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is literally one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, and then you just, I start going down the lore of everything and all that. And I stumbled upon just a few years ago, I think 2018, 2019, the whiplash short film, um, that mm. kind of got Damien Chazelle, his full feature length film. Zach, I know you haven't seen this cause you just uh, watched whiplash the other day. Phoenix, have you seen it? Mm-hmm. It's so good. I'm, I'm going to send it in the chat here for Zach to pull up. Cause like, it's worth watching. It's um, it's J.K. Simmons, but not Miles Teller. Um, it's Johnny Simmons playing Neiman, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so good. This is part of the reason why J.K. Simmons won the Oscar. Is like, hey, people saw you do this in a small film, and then once it got expanded to a full feature length, you still killed it. Like you were able to hold that character and. And give it so much like depth and veritas, it was ridiculous. And um, yeah, like I remember the very first time I watched this movie, I was like, "What is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Why is he so anal, bro?" But like, like the scene in particular that I love, I love it. I will watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Is the scene where he's like messing with with Neiman he's like uh, not not quite my tempo you know what I'm saying not, not quite you know what I'm saying just a little off it's either rushing or dragging it's like it's just a little off 
And like he keeps going, he you know what I'm saying he's like, nope, you're rushing, nope, you're dragging, like you know what I'm saying. Finally, you think he's got it. He's like, okay, you're in time, yeah, you got it. And then he just launches a symbol at him. <laughs> he's just like, because he's so angry, but he's also so calm and commanding. And he's like, he throws the symbol, and then he's just standing there like in fury, like, you know why I threw that at your head? <laughs> like it's like. What is wrong with this dude? <laughs> oh, but it's such a such a good performance. You know what's great is it it kind of copies um, the story that uh, Fletcher was telling Andrew, um, like literally 10, 15 minutes prior uh, in their time of saying like, oh, you know how he became one of the greats? Somebody threw a chair at his head. I forget I forget <laughs> the name of him, but yeah, no, like he's t- he's literally telling a story that happens to him. He throws a freaking symbol at his head. Well, you guys have it switched. He said in the story that a symbol gets thrown at the head, but that he threw a chair at Neiman's head. Oh, did he? Yeah, he threw a chair at Neiman's head. I just watched it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 threw a chair at Neiman's head. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, yeah, you're right, Brandon. He did, like, have that conversation right before he threw the chair at his head. (sighs) What I thought was messed up was him bringing up his dead mother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not not dead, but the mother who left. The mother who left. The fact he was like, "Oh, cool, man. Just do your best." And then, like, as soon as you're a little, you're a little shit dick whose mommy left, daddy. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder your mother left. I was like, "Oh my god." (laughs) As someone who hasn't known their father and hearing that, that one hurt. I was like. Yeah, I wouldn't ever deal with this person in my life. Like, I'd have left. 100%. Yeah, I think... That uh, was taking it a little little too far. I, I think, mean, right? like, there there are several moments where he takes it too far. Oh, you mean like when he smacks him in the face? Yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three. Uh, to make sure he knows the difference between uh, uh, rushing, rushing and dragging. Right, dragging. He, killed, yeah. he killed me because he's like, go ahead, count. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And he's like, was I rushing or dragging? He's like, I don't know. Count again then. <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> like so I'm going to keep smacking you. So you do know the difference. Oh, uh, that whole See, scene is. My writing favorite page. part <laughs> is when. He gets rid of the trombone player. Who was, who was quote, out of who, tune. Who wasn't even out of tune. And he's like, he's like, well, he wasn't even out of tune anyways. But the fact he doesn't know the difference, he doesn't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> That's it, how you know he's, he's cold. He's cold-blooded. <laughs> I, I, the second I knew he was cold-blooded, when, uh, when he looks down and um, Fletcher's like, what, what are you looking? There's no fucking Mars bar down there. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. Oh, oh, there's so many great scenes with that character. Like, I love J.K. Simmons, and I think he's managed to have an, a very impressive career. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever get a role as good as this one. <laughs> like, it's by a long shot. Like, I think the closest he's made it since then is um, Invincible. When he plays Omni Man, yes, yes yeah. probably. <laughs> is probably. this the only time J.K. Simmons does not have the iconic uh, hair and mustache? No, La La Land. 
Yeah, he has it in La La Land. Sorry, it's I don't remember him that much in La La Land. Yeah, he has a very he has a very short cameo in La La Land. (laughs) I was gonna say it wasn't really a memorable moment for me. So yeah, Yeah. um, and he he doesn't make an appearance in Babylon. Actually, I don't think, which is crazy. All right, Uh (laughs) you you would think he would have like even like just a small part. Small, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think he was in First Man. Oh. So, all right. So, Damien Chazelle, man, you, it's time to bring back J.K. Simmons. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Make sure he's got a role in your next thing. Mm. So, aside from J.K. Simmons, who who also leads this movie is Miles Teller, <laughs> who has who does an amazing job. Like, truly does an amazing job. Uh, Miles has yet to receive any. Um, accolades for his acting and i think he's been in several pretty good movies but here especially right because he's playing a character who's who's driven who's ambitious and whose ambition comes up against someone whose sole purpose is to tear a person down and and to nothing and see if they can build themselves back up and crack under the pressure Right. Or, or they crack or they or they form into a diamond that they want them to be. Exactly. And that that's why I think the the final scene is so rich because it, it's it's taking everything that we've seen up to that point and it all explodes into that one moment where he's like he's he's like I'm not cracking goddammit. I'm going to do what I set out to do cuz that's how hard my ambition is. And you see Fletcher finally go, there it is. <laughs> like, there it is. There's that perfection I was looking for. And I just think it's such a perfect ending. Such a perfect ending. And it's got, like, two of the sweetest close-ups I've ever seen. Like, it's one on Miles' eyes and then the other one on Fletcher's eyes. And you're like, that connection is just, like, is I'm like, oh, it's so perfectly done. So perfectly done. Then you get the quick zoom in to the final drum shot. It's perfect. It's so <laughs> oh my god, it's good. so good. It's so good. Like it's like one of the things like that just moves me so much is like like this is this is one of the things that I loved so much about Damien Chazelle in this in this film and especially in Babylon is like I think he was a jazz artist at some point. Like he was a jazz musician. And so he's found a way to incorporate jazz into storytelling and the music matching the beats of the story, I think is insane and phenomenal how he does that. And like anyone who's ever listened to jazz, like knows that that's what jazz does. It's it's storytelling through music, but you get to interpret the story any way you want. So I'm like, I think he's masterful at, at doing that. Yeah, dude, 100%. Like, it was funny, we're, we're talking about the finale here real quick, and I'm literally listening to Caravan in my in my headphones right now. So good. It's just, <laughs> this entire soundtrack, because it's not just Justin Hurwitz, uh, it's, a, it's a mix of different artists. Uh, you have Justin Hurwitz, uh, Nicholas Bertel, Stan mm-hmm. Getz, um, um, uh, Hank Levy, uh, Tim Simonek, it's just there's just so many different um, different 
uh, artists. Even J.K. Simmons does some stuff in here, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But um, this is like I think m- might be like one of the best composed soundtracks. Um, and I just I don't know. Maybe it's a Justin Hurwitz thing, but this man never fails to deliver. Like he's like you can think what you want on First Man. He even delivered on First Man soundtrack. Like all four of the, the films he's like composed for um, for Damien Chazelle has just been top tier, and I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, back to the movie here for a second. Uh, you know, I think this really is the film that put Miles Teller on the map because he just he I think he was doing like the Divergent series before this, and it just he for him it was just kind of like a, a role, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this finally putting him on the map is just is great because he's done so much since. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I, I also like to mention uh, Melissa. Ben, I, I think it's you say it, Melissa Benoist. Um, I think it's Benoist, Benoist, or something like something yeah, like that. It's, I know it's I, Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably Benoist. I, I don't know. <laughs> I apologize if I mispronounce her name, but Melissa, she's really good in this film too. Um, mm. I, I just I love the the chemistry um, her and Neiman have on screen. Just like it, it, their entire relationship relationship seems believable. Like, and it's a shame that um, like Neiman has to break things off for him to like better his career. He's like, listen, I'm not even going to be here. I'm going to be in my room practicing like twenty four, uh, twenty five eight, just over and over and over and over. And just it, it's sad to see how that's how they broke things off because like you know they're a perfect couple, mm-hmm. but it but like he's letting his his career try and like get in the way here. That's that's what I mean. Like Neiman has so like obviously Fletcher gets all the hype, but Neiman has some fantastic scenes as, as well. Like that breakup scene, it's it's so well done because you see. As he's doing it, you could just tell like he's he's beat up, he he's beat up, he's broken, he's like he's washed, man. Like his he, hands he, are bloodied. Like yeah, he just he can't really even see himself, and so like when he's saying what he's saying, it almost comes across very cold and distant because you just know he's not he's not fully there, like mm-hmm. like he's not fully present and. And it's and it's obvious, and I think, like I said, Miles, I think, does an amazing job in in delivering how that character is at that moment. You know, saying just not very responsive to to anything other than really other than uh, Fletcher at that point. Like that's the only person who's gotten inside of him. He's in his head, and like, yeah, and. There's a scene in particular where he's practicing um, and he's like messing up and he like just loses it and he punches his drum like mm-hmm. yeah dude dude's out of it bro like like and like I think he does an excellent job of showing the amount of stress that he's under and that Fletcher's put him under and the way he really can't escape it. I think that that is just tremendous. I don't know if this ever actually happened to Damien Giselle or if he knows it happened to somebody, but the accuracy in, in depicting that level of stress, I thought was 
was really, really well done. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because like you just see him trying to to hit double time over and over and over. He just can't do it. Yeah. Well, what I think is so great about this, it really paints a picture of what it takes to be successful. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's so many people who look at someone who's successful and think like it's just easy to get there, right? <laughs> and the thing is, is like if you ever really look at a successful person, there are relations like successful person, there are relationships that they cut off and there are people who they cut out from their life. Like if they think that it prevents them from accomplishing the goal that they have set in mind, they will very quickly cut people out. And that's a very realistic expectation of someone who is successful. Like those people who achieve a certain level of of success have that mentality where if you're wasting my time <laughs> and getting in the way of me perfecting what I'm doing, then you don't have any position in my life. And that's, that's just how it is. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And uh, like you said it, just the way you said it, I was like, I was like, dang, man, that sounds, that sounds just awful. But I'm like, but I'm like, no, but you're a hundred percent right. Like, it is what it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if I'm trying to reach this level, and you know, any and it it doesn't even have to be anything that 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 other person has done. It's just like, yeah. I can't, I can't focus on you. I'm after something so important to me that that it, it trumps even you, and that's cold blooded. But it's it's the it's the God's honest truth. Yeah, uh, but if you look at someone who's highly successful, I guarantee you, there's been conversations they've had with people like that. Oh yeah, or maybe not even a conversation. They they just cut them out. <laughs> just eighty six. I'm like, yep, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I do want to mention um the the scene where he forgets his drumsticks at the car rental place. Ah. Uh, uh. That scene, I'm like, there are a lot of scenes in movies where, like, my heart is racing. This this scene, I, we lost Zach, I don't know what happened to him. But it was this scene right here that I'm like, oh, my God. my Like, I feel like my heart's going to rip out of my chest. Because, <laughs> like, he gets to the concert, everything's fine. Just to find out he doesn't have his drumsticks. And he's like, oh, I could just borrow his. You're not fucking borrowing my, borrowing my mine. sticks. <laughs> You're not borrowing my sticks. So he has to rush back to the car rental place. He gets the drumsticks, comes back, realizes they're going on stage. He slams it on the gas, gets into a car wreck. And even when he's injured from a car wreck, hauls ass to the to get to the concert. Just yeah. for Fletcher to cut him. That's dedication. And that's what the scene that I love right there is when he's like, when he starts just, he just starts attacking Fletcher because like, he's, he's like, bro, you see I'm bloodied. Do you see that? I, what just happened to me? And even like, even Fletcher's confused. He's like, he looks, he's, he's all bloody, but he doesn't even care. He's looking out for his own career here. Uh Oh, Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, back 
to what we were just talking about about successful people. It's like, yeah, I see, I see your dedication. I see how messed up and beat up you are, but like, we got a show to put on, bro. Like, I, like you can't come on my stage looking like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're beat up, you're trash. Like, what, what is that gonna say about me? So, like, I, I understand you're, you're upset, but you can't come on my stage. <laughs> like, like is. No, he it's made it on the stage. He went on the yeah. stage and he performed, but he dropped one of his sticks. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. Uh, see, yeah, that that, and that's why people cut you out, like, like, because you can't, you you can't bring down the quality of what I'm doing for your own reasons. I don't care, like, so. I would, I love, like I said, I just one of the things that I love so much about Damien Chazelle's movies is he has a good idea of taking themes and making those themes resonate throughout every scene of the movie. And like this movie in particular is like, it's all about different themes, the theme of success, the theme of, of, of devotion and dedication and, and what it means to, to, to break all of that is, is resonant throughout every scene of this movie. And that's why I love it, man. That's why I love it. I just think it's so, so, so very good. So very mm-hmm. well written. It, it very much feels... It, it And to me, it feels distinct from, from both La La Land and Babylon because it feels very lived in, right? To me, this is... Uh, you know what's funny is I think... Uh, La La Land in some in some way is all, like kind of a combination of Babylon and Whiplash, except just not as well written in my opinion. Not as well written. We, yeah. Are you talking about like on a soundtrack perspective? Or well, think, no. well, think about it this way, right? La La Land is about two people: one who's in love with jazz, one who's in love with Hollywood. In Babylon, it's about Hollywood. In Whiplash, it's about jazz. jazz. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, like. That they kind of mesh into La La Land, and and the, let me guess, the planetarium scene is because the first man. Ah, <laughs> genius! It's all there. It all makes sense and now. And La La Land still is overrated. First, so. first man is the key to all this. <laughs> but no, anyways, back to uh, back to Whiplash. Yeah, back to Whiplash. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I really, like I said, I really don't have any issues with the way that he carried out the movie. It's just, like I said, I just feel like I want more. For, I want to see where Neiman goes from there. I, I, I would even uh, love to see where Fletcher goes from there. So, yeah, you know, I feel, does I'm... he continue to work for <laughs> I feel like yeah. I feel like what would have what would have been very satisfying is if like once it cut to black or whatever it was like and then Fletcher went on to do this and and Neiman is now serving as like yeah, even that even like, that would have been like giving me the satisfaction I was looking for right <laughs> something that I love because um, speaking of Fletcher here for a second I do want to mention uh, Casey Casey. Um, the one who he found out died on that phone call. Right, right. Man, I, I, like you never see Fletcher like break down 
until that scene where he gets the call. He's like, thank you. He changed, he immediately puts on Casey's soundtrack. What's that? Oh no, go ahead. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he immediately puts on the CD that Casey recorded and he just lets them listen. He's like, he explains Casey's story and like, yeah, he twisted the words a little bit about how he died. But, um, just that the way, just seeing him break down like that, just, humanizing him just even like 0.01 percent yeah in this film is just i i love it but the fact that he lied about it (laughs) could you imagine if he's been like one of my students one of my former students killed himself yeah because i mean because he knows it's probably his fault and like and you could tell like that was a, a student that he really cared for and was like really like nurtured of of his talent like, yeah, but you thinking. also have to realize what a jackass he is because <laughs> of course. No, 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 no. Here no, hear me out. Hear me out. Also, not only did he say that, but it, there's a point where Miles asks him, Well, what if you push them too hard and they never become anything? And then he's kind of like, Well, then they were never meant to be that. Mm. Which is kind of saying about his dead student, yeah, he killed himself, but that just means he wasn't meant to be great. Was that said before or after we find out? It was said after okay. he found out he died. That, that's messed up. Yes. That is messed up. That's like Brandon said it. It humanized him only 0.1%. <laughs> like it was very, very little. Yeah, but, but even the, the humanization of him gets taken away later. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So. Because, yeah. Because, and again, and I think that's why it feeds so well into the ending. <laughs> because it's like, here's a student whom he believed had greatness, whom he pushed, who, who broke, right? So he lost his chance at something that he felt he, he, he almost had. And then, finally, he gets Neiman over that, over that hump. And the joy and the, the, the realization of that. The whole purpose of his teaching is finally fulfilled in that moment. Ah, it's perfect. You understand? It's perfect. It's genius. It's so damn good because now we like you. You have this character who we saw just get a little bit, a little bit humanization, and Zach is right. Then it gets taken right back because because he's an asshole. He's he's a complete. Like shit, human being. Like, like, and then we get that final scene where he finally gets to that thing that he's always wanted with his students, and that mm-hmm. that is the ultimate satisfaction. So, I, I think. Hold on one second. I think if you're a student or a teacher, especially a teacher, that is one of those things where you are. That is that is your ultimate goal, right? That is your ultimate goal, is to finally see a student achieve their full potential that you knew that they were capable of. And you just had to, you just had to push them beyond what they, they themselves even thought were, they were capable of. That's the ultimate dream. So, yeah. Something that I love is when um, Fletcher asks Neiman back into the band uh, about the little jazz band he's doing. He's right. like, oh yeah, the current drummer's not cutting it, and he's just doing all of this just to screw over Neiman. <laughs> and I love, I just, I love when like when Neiman realizes they're doing upswinging instead of whiplash. 
And it's, I just, I just love that part because when he leaves stage and he realizes, hold on a second, let me do this. And he does three things all at once. He gives a giant middle finger to the composer, uh, uh, to, yeah, by, um, no, um, sorry. No, compose because the composer writes, but he would also do the cadence. Yeah, no, yeah. that's uh, that's the director. That's the conductor. conductor. Conductor, that's what it is. Hello, yeah. thank you. <laughs> oh my god, it's been it's been like what ten years since I've been in band, <laughs> this whole band. Um, yeah, the the conductor. Um, it was a giant middle finger to the conductor. He showed that he could also be one of the best drummers. And three, Fletcher went with it. Originally, like like in the, towards the beginning of the song, Fletcher's like, "I'm gonna gouge out your eyeballs." Mm-hmm. And when he realizes, like when the song ends, he just keeps going. Fletcher's confused. He's like, "Neiman, what are you doing, man?" And he's like, "I'll kill you." Uh, I, I should clarify, C U E, not kill, because yeah. my yeah, brother. It like I you showed said kill. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll kill you. Yeah. And just, I love that scene. Because that's when Fletcher's like, okay, let's do this. Let's make some greatness. Well, that's when he takes control. Right. I just, and I just, I I love it because at at the end of the day, Fletcher was trying to screw over Neiman to never want to drum again and do it in front of all of these different critics. Just for him to be like, okay, let's make perfection. And then at the end of it, it's the zoom in on their eyes. And you just—you don't even need to see Fletcher smile. You just need to see his eyes wince a little bit. It's just so good. He realizes that he made a great. He realizes that he is going to be one of the greats, and it just ends so absolutely perfect. And I just part of that scene is I, I love how not only is it a nine-minute scene, but. The, like, I love when the, the original song for Caravan ends. The person dims the lights and they're like, wait, he's still going. Bring him back up. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. The camera work, just Miles Teller killing it. Him actually having to learn how to play that song. Mm-hmm. It's just over and over and over. Just so freaking good. <laughs> it's really good. You still haven't changed my mind. <laughs> okay. That, that, so, that's fair. I still want more. I, <laughs> and I'm not mad well, at that. because it's up to it's interpretation. Like, I'm not mad at that, though, because it's like so much of the movie is so goddamn good. Like, it really is. And you're like, just let this go for another, like, four hours. Like, like, like <laughs> it's just so good. Oh my god! Uh, like, there's one other scene that, in particular, that we didn't talk about, which I love. And and <laughs> but I know if I was in band and this happened, this is my last day. <laughs> like, like it's when um he 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 has two other drummers, and they're all like, oh, they're all trying to hit double time to hit double time, and he's just like. It, he makes like the rest of the band wait for them to get it right. And he just tortures these guys for hours, bro. I'm like, 
wow. And like they're bleeding on the freaking drum set. It's it's insane. And then he's finally like when he finally picks Neiman, which he was always gonna freaking do. Like <laughs> like then uh he's like he brings that the band back in and it's like, okay, now we can start. What? No, I'd have been gone. <laughs> like I'd have been gone. There's no way. I'd have been like I'm not not even interested. That would have been my last day. But like it's just the whole fact that he had them going and going and going for hours. I'm like, bro, that's one of the one of the best scenes of the movie and also just one of the most twisted scenes in the mm. movie. I think the funniest line during that, he's like, you need to go take a dump, just smoke, whatever, just get out. <laughs> I, we'll get back to this when when they got it. Right. Oh man. No, he says the line that kills me is he says, I apologize to the musicians. Um, <laughs> I like, <laughs> like you you a dirty mother. Oh my god. That was just that was just hilarious. So it was like it's so many good scenes with Fletcher, so many good scenes with Neiman. It's such a god so good, man. <laughs> like it's literally one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite soundtracks, one of my favorite performances is like, and I love it too. Cause like, it's rare that you get that right. Where it's like, there's one movie or there's one performance where you're like, everybody's in, in, in sync. They're like, this is the winner. Mm. <laughs> like, like this is the winner. No questions asked. We're, all, we're done here. Everybody else is, thank you for coming. <laughs> like, like, but we, this is the winner. I feel like it was it was J.K. Simmons and it was Parasite. Those are the only times I can distinctly remember when everybody was all on board. Like, mm-hmm. like... Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, one hundred percent. Just it's just looking back, just seeing J.K. Simmons' performance, like not like if you were to go back and watch this for the first time, not knowing that J.K. Simmons won an Oscar for this, well, you'd be like, "Holy crap." Who won the Oscars that year? <laughs> if you fi- and, and you're like, holy crap, it should have been him, and you find out it's him, I I would have been like, let's go, perfect, yeah, awesome, <laughs> yeah, so me, yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't know he won? No. Oh, oh wow. Awesome. See, see, yeah. per- see, perfect example right there. <laughs> yeah, that was perfection. Yeah, but, right. I mean, I think for me, it, it'll forever be just it's it's number six on my top ten favorites of all time. It's just. This film will forever be great to me. Yeah. All right. So, final ratings. Zach, what are you giving Whiplash? I'm giving it four and a half stars. Not because uh, I feel like they did anything wrong. It's just I want more. You want more? <laughs> Brandon can disagree with me, but if they make a Whiplash shoot, I would very quickly change it to a five star <laughs> movie because I would know what happens. <laughs> So you don't yeah, want to ever leave your mind into up to interpretation? Uh, I just think there's movies where you can do that and movies that should... And this is one of those you. movies you can do that for. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. The, the... <laughs> Brandon, what is your final rating for Whiplash? Five stars. Like, I, it's, it's... Like, before I even had Letterboxd, before I even knew what a rating system was... Me nine, eight, eight, nine years ago would have also given this five stars. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like I showed my brother this a few years ago, 
And because I showed him this in La La Land. And like when I showed him this, he's like, that is like, it's his, it's literally his favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ride that five stars as well with Brandon, uh, because Whiplash is literally a perfect movie. Uh, I have zero complaints. I could watch it over and over and over again. Um, so there you go. There you go, Zach. Just watch it over and over again. I'm sure that'll, that'll give you the more that you're looking for. I mean, yes, I'm not (laughs) saying you can't watch it over and over again. It's just, I'm not ever going to feel like every time I watch it, I'm going to be like, (sighs) Just give me more. <laughs> like, just tell me what happens. <laughs> oh, man. All right, there you have it, guys. Five stars from me and Brandon and four and a half from Zach. Still wanting more <laughs> on Whiplash. What did you guys think of it? Have you seen it? What did you think? We didn't even do a, a, a non-spoiler on that one. We just kept, we just went through it. If you have, it's been, this film came out 10 years, almost 10 years ago. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> but uh, we're now going to move on to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. Gentlemen, what have you seen? What would you recommend? Brandon, man, uh, I, I I feel like I have just I have so many like talking points I could choose, but I think I have to go something more recent that like uh, has just stuck in my mind ever, mind ever since I watched it the other day. I watched for the first time The Shining. Oh, if there okay. hasn't been a film that has been stuck in my mind that I can't stop thinking about for days. It's very rare that this happens. The Shining has done it. Easily one of the best horror films I've ever seen. Easiest, one of the craziest endings of like, not endings, but final shots of a film. It's just that, oh my God, man. Just even just the, 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 the zoom in just to find out that Jack's pictures there. Um, in 1921, it's just, it's so good. It's left to so much interpretation. It's just, oh my God, that, the, like, um, Zach and I's boss, uh, it's his favorite, one of his favorite movies. And, um, like just, he was like, oh yeah. Like, like I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, even the camera work for, for the time that it came out in 1980, it's mm-hmm. something you've never seen before. The tracking shot of him on the tricycle. Mm-hmm. Just so freaking good. And then I follow up with, like, I, I, I'd like to mention it while I'm on here. And since we're talking Shining, I went ahead and watched Dr. Sleep yesterday. And that was not as good. <laughs> like, I gave The Shining easy five stars. And it's very unfortunate to me that I had to give um, Dr. Sleep, like, I gave it, like, a two and a half. It's just, it's not a good, like... I know it's not supposed to be a follow-up. I get it. It's supposed to be its own story. But the talking points that you took from The Shining of them going back to the the hotel just made no sense. The whole film ended just... That film just ended, like, pointlessly. I just think you should have kept it out of the book and not had to make it a novel. But all that to say is it it does not affect my, my thoughts on The Shining at all. The Shining is a perfect movie. 
in my opinion. All right. Zach, what about you? Uh, well, I did watch, uh, so this is an old one, but and I'm sure people have seen it, but I did watch uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Ooh. Yes. Really, really awesome. So, that's a, that's, Speaking of horror films, that's on the top five of best horror films of all time. Wow. Yeah, that was insane. I love that movie. So if you haven't seen it, go check out Psycho, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, I actually still have not seen Psycho. It's on my movies I can't believe I haven't watched yet list. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's less of... A, just prepping you for this, it's less jump scary and more of like psychological, like yeah, yeah. Those, it's it's so good. Those are those are some of my favorite, actually. Um, I, I hate to break up the horror party here, <laughs> but oh uh, man, yeah, he's, he's gonna hit us with cats twenty nineteen. Oh dear, <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, once again, I, I'm back. To my Barbie uh, watch list, the Greta Gerwig Barbie watch list, and I finally finished one of the films that was top mind that I had to see. I'm so excited because I finally got to knock this one off, and it is The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. It is a Jacques Demy film, French film. It is a sung through film. I did not know this before I watched it. Um, so not a musical per se, but it is completely sung through. That which means the dialogue is all sung, even if it doesn't rhyme, doesn't matter. It's all sung through, um, but it's in French, so it sounds lovely, and it's a beautiful, beautiful color palette. Like you totally get where the the influence from this movie contributed to Barbie, in in the color palette, in the way that what's happening in one scene doesn't like barely affects everyone around it. It's so good. Um, so I love, I loved it. It's got an ending though, that like makes me want to strangle somebody. But other than that, like, like it's a really great, great, great film. And I, I dug it. I dug it a lot. So for me, that's another one off the list. I think I'm six or seven movies down now. Uh, next up is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which yes. I cannot wait to see. So uh, <laughs> let you know how that one goes. But so for me, uh, that's the Umbrellas of Cherbourg. For Brandon, you got The Shining, and for Zach, you have Psycho. Who? Please let me know if you guys check out any of these movies because that sounds amazing. That list sounds incredible. So yeah, you won't have a bad time with that. All right. And that has been what is good from us here at Film Code. And now, it is that time. My mom always said, life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yesterday, unfortunately, a little late, but always a little late. Always a little late, but they've had a day or so to think about it and study it. They got it. Hey, they I, I find it, it so funny that like 
like if it's one of us not delivering a code word at a decent time, you're like, hey, Brandon or Zach, you got the code word for us, buddy. <laughs> and then you're like, and then we're like, we just let you be. And you're like, all right, I know I'm late. Here's the code word. <laughs> My bad, but yeah, I, I I wasn't sure we were recording today or next week, so I I forgot to to deliver it. But I got it in. Your code word is also. It is between two thousand and two thousand and six. Your two leads have starred in recent Disney Plus projects, and your film is not in the English language. Brandon, you are a champion, which means Zach, you will lead us off. What is your guess for the code word? <laughs> I, 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 I like I know it's wrong because I only have half of I, I, I know it's wrong. Um the best I could come up with though is Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Came out in two thousand. Uh-huh. It's a Chinese movie, it appears, and it stars Michelle Yeoh, which is in the Disney Plus series American um, Born Chinese. American Born, yeah. Yeah, more Chinese. And uh, but besides that, I don't. I've looked at these other actors, and I don't see them in Disney Plus. But I did see her in there. The movie did come out in two thousand. So, and I don't know what it would have to do with the code word, but uh, <laughs> I did choose Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Fantastic choice. All right, Brandon. What do you see, have, sir? See, see, this is the toughest thing for me. Because there were two films I could really think about. There are only two films mm-hmm. that you could really go through and been like, okay, not two films, um, two projects on Disney Plus mm-hmm. that I logically think you would have gone with. Mm-hmm. High School Musical with the Musical the Series, a series <laughs> where all the kids are too young to be performing mm. in 2000 and 2006 because they were literally born after that time. True. And American born Chinese. Yeah, mm. exactly. American born Chinese makes the most sense. And I'm going to punch myself because uh-huh. I know you're going to find some outlandish series on Disney Plus. <laughs> yep. See, yep. see, Phoenix is already laughing. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Okay. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I get. I thought the same thing, Brandon. I was like, it's not even going to be one of the series you would think it would be. Oh my god! It is so unfortunate because, like, because like it, it'd be easier to narrow down, mm-hmm. but because it's a foreign film, it's not in English. It's not in the English language. Yeah, that's where the issue lies, <laughs> and that's where I have issue with this. <laughs> So if you give me like five seconds to fully come up with the uh, the solution here, okay. Basically, Brandon didn't study. Oh no, I studied, but now that I'm thinking about it more, mm-hmm. looking through Disney Plus here. <laughs> This is what I happens should... when you give us the code word late. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, I will say, and maybe I should have given you this code word, uh, this clue a little bit sooner. It, At least one of these Disney Plus projects is very popular. So, At so, least one. So that means one. 
So, so that means there is a Disney Plus project in there that's not very popular. Yes. <laughs> I hate you. I could be. Right. I hate I you. Could be right. See, because my original oh, thing was also Crouching Dragon, uh-huh. but now I'm conflicted here. Okay. You mean Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yeah. Sorry. I, I'm. I'm like. I'm. Because now it could be in a toss-up between the film In the Mood for Love and Crouching Tiger. Okay. <laughs> I thought I In the Mood for Love, too. That so, was my other one. Are you going with, are you going with Crouching Tiger or are you going with In the Mood? Come on. Come on. Which one are you go? <laughs> They're both wrong. <laughs> They're both wrong. Are they? Uh, could they? Yeah. You don't know. Could they? Are they? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You wouldn't be this happy if they if one was if they weren't. <laughs> I just love torturing Brandon. I think this is great. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot myself if okay. I'm wrong, but I'm gonna go with Crouching Tiger. All right. So don't tell me it's in the mood for love. <laughs> I really am sorry. I w- like if I had gotten this to you guys early, I feel like. You might have been able to 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 expand where where you were looking, um, so that's on me. But unfortunately, you are wrong. <laughs> it, yes, very very close though. So your film is not in the English language, but it is in Spanish. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you working in the right place. He said not in English. He said you, you guys went where you went. What but, series? What goddamn series? So one of your series is Andor. Oh your, my god! No way! Your, oh my your, god! Your no other, way! Your other series is Werewolf by Night, which stars Gail Garcia Bernal, and Andor, of course, stars Diego Luna. These two both appeared in the movie from 2001, directed by. Where the also comes from, it is the first two letters and the first last letters of his name. It is also in the title, and that is E Tu Mama Tambien. <laughs> Directed no! by Alfonso Faro. No! no! I looked at that one. I looked. This is bullshit. I looked at that one. You know, I, I had a list of foreign films from in the 2000s I was going through. That was one of the ones, and I looked at it, and I went, there's no way. I like, Tambien also means also. No, wait, 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 wait. Before we, wait, 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 wait. Because you said the lead actors. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> wait, what was Gail Garcia in? Werewolf by Night. No. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's not on here. Werewolf by Night is not on there? Mm. <laughs> it is. No, it's not. <laughs> That's where I found it. That's how I got the clue. What are you talking about? Oh, man. No, it's not. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I literally clicked that movie. I literally had like I just—it's like ten back from the one. Oh my god! I literally had it. It was in 
It was in my arsenal, and yeah. I didn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, one hurts because I actually searched it. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this movie. It is fantastic. I loved it. Alfonso Cuaron is one of my favorite directors. I love foreign films. Uh, this one is something I recently saw, I want to say last year or the year before. Um, and then it, it topped my list of first watches. So, uh, yeah, I love this movie. Itu Mama Tambien. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic film. I think it's one of uh, Quaron's earlier films, probably like his third film. And it translates to And Your Mom, too, which is kind of funny. So <laughs> I'm curious to know what this right. movie is about. Exactly. So uh there you have it. There's your code word. Itu mama tambien. I hate you. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, give it a watch. It's worth it. Also check out In the Move for Love and Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Those are also amazing movies. <laughs> have you I seen will... those too? I I've seen Crouching Tiger. I haven't seen In the Move for Love yet. Um but In the Move for Love is good. Yeah, I've heard great things. It's on my watch list. I don't know why it's taking them so long to get to it. But there you have it. Uh, I will take those two points, and I am in the lead on the season so far. And, yeah. <laughs> let everybody, guys, uh, Zach, while in your sadness, let everybody know where they can find you, Zach. <laughs> you guys can find me on X. At Zach Sneath, it's Z-A-C-H-S-N-E-A-T-H. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Z Sneaks at Z-S-N-E-A-K-S. And Brandon, let everybody know where they can find you, sir. You guys can find me over on Letterboxd at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears. Go check out what I'm watching. Uh, I think X is on its way out if they get rid of that block button. So um, if the block button goes away, I also go away. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, guys, go check me out on Letterboxd. Go check out what I'm watching. And thank you guys again for listening. And you guys can find me celebrating my great victory <laughs> on Twitter at Reviews one That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under P.A. Cloudin. And as always, guys, please follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Especially now on threads. <laughs> at FilmCoPod. We will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.